The Week in Doubt, episode 265. Hey everyone, I'm Phil Elbertelli, the host of The Week in Doubt, a podcast for atheists, agnostics, and whoever. Before we start, I'd like to give a quick shout out to Nancy Bilheimer for liking The Week in Doubt Facebook page. Thanks, Nancy. All right, so this is a follow-up to an episode I did entitled Nietzsche, or Nietzsche, tomato, tomato, as I always say. Maybe I'll go with Nietzsche this time around, since my friend Tim Danaher informs me that is the proper German pronunciation. But as I was saying, this is a follow-up to an episode I did entitled, I almost said Nietzsche, Nietzsche and Eternal Recurrence. I recently received some criticism in the comments section of the YouTube version, and the point the person was making was very similar to a point made by my friend the Electric Owl a while back. Essentially, they were both saying or implying that I had been kind of taking the concept of eternal recurrence or eternal return too literally in the context of Nietzsche and his philosophy. And in retrospect, I have to agree. To be honest, I feel a little dense or embarrassed for having embraced such a literal interpretation. In that episode, I explained my long-standing layman's interest in Nietzsche, or Nietzsche, and how I always found it a bit odd that he embraced the idea of eternal recurrence, the idea that everything is cyclical and everything that's happened will happen again. I think it struck me as just kind of airy, fairy, or... Um, somewhat metaphysical, and I guess it didn't seem to jive with my view, or in fairness, perhaps my caricature of him as this bold atheistic philosopher, which in some ways he, he certainly was. So I had always been curious about his fondness for the concept, and that was basically the impetus for that episode. And in fairness to myself, I could tell while reading uh, Nietzsche's works, Nietzsche, that the concept was serving some kind of philosophical purpose that was more than just a scientific or metaphysical claim regarding the nature of the universe. And yet, nevertheless, I perhaps foolishly and to my own folly focused my attention on a literal interpretation, despite my knowledge of Nietzsche's use of allegory. I mean, thus spoke Zarathustra, one of the works in which he discusses eternal return or eternal recurrence is basically one big allegory. It tells the story of a fictional prophet by the name of Zarathustra, a name borrowed from the ancient founder of Zoroastrianism, um, who is also known as Zoroaster. And uh, this Zarathustra is basically uh, announcing uh, the coming of the overman or proselytizing or spreading the philosophy of the overman. But before I go any further, why don't I read the comments I was alluding to? This first one, the more recent comment, is from Gerardo Barrera. And he says, The point isn't a scientific validity, but your attitude towards the eternal return of the same. It's a gross misinterpretation of the eternal recurrence of the same. It's a what-if thought experiment, not a scientific truth, in order to make sure you are living a life you deem worthwhile. And I responded to them by basically agreeing with their point and saying how the electric owl had basically made the same point in the comments section as well. And speaking of that, I might as well read the electric owl's comment now. 
Regardless of what Nietzsche himself actually thought of the eternal return, I think we may be giving the concept short shrift by merely asking whether it is or is not scientifically valid. I've always looked at eternal recurrence as not just a philosophical or scientific statement on Nietzsche's part, but a powerful psychological device that helps one not squander the invitation to truly participate in the world by truly being in quotes, oneself. I think somewhere Nietzsche, reminiscent of Kant, even says that a person should undertake an action only if he would take that same action throughout infinite iterations of the same scenario being presented. In this light, the eternal return is a psychological device that helps one not only accept our lives for what they are, pains, joys, agonies, pleasures, and limitations all being part of the package, but also to delineate between authentic and inauthentic actions. And I replied back to the electric owl, and wow, this was five months ago. Uh, brilliantly put, I think you're right on the money. I was recently reading about Nietzsche's Amor Fati, probably butchering that, or Love of Fate, and how it's tied to his concept of eternal recurrence. Smiley face emoticon. <laughs> and then uh, the electric owl replies, Amor Fati is definitely one of Nietzsche's most compelling ideas. And uh, someone else chimes in, and I apologize. Uh, looks like their comment got chopped off uh, a bit by the screenshot. Exactly. It is clearly stated as a thought experiment. The experiment should be held in the mind as we go into the world, with the quote-unquote what-if of the current experimental moment being as important as all the theoretical futures we have in mind. We spend most of our lives discounting the present in favor of quote-unquote better futures. This is just one of my readings of his thought experiment. And then, as I said, it gets cut off, and I don't even have the um, the commenter's name here, and I apologize because uh, insightful and well-worded commentary. And, uh, of course, also insightful and well-worded commentary coming from the Electric Owl. He always uh, always amazes me with his, um, his eloquence. I'm not just saying that to blow smoke. Uh, very smart, well-spoken person. So I knew the way Nietzsche was talking about eternal recurrence in books like The Gay Science, Don't Laugh, and uh, Thus Spoke Zarathustra, that there was this life-affirming point he was trying to make, but also, and maybe it's just the over-analytical skeptic in me, I, I couldn't stop wondering if he actually believed in the concept literally or not. And I was trying to read up on the matter to find out whether or not he did. And to be honest, I'm still not certain. I know that renowned uh, Nietzsche scholar Walter Kaufman, I actually believe I have a few of Kaufman's books, stated that he thought Nietzsche probably would have encountered the idea of eternal return in the works of other authors. And yet here I'm on the uh, Wikipedia page. I know, I know Wikipedia. <laughs> the page for Eternal Return, and it's talking about Nietzsche and actually mentions Kaufman here. Kaufman suggests that Nietzsche may have encountered the idea in the works of Heinrich Hein, who once wrote, Time is infinite, but the things in time, the concrete bodies, are finite. They may indeed disperse into the smallest particles, but these particles, the atoms, have their determinate numbers, and the numbers of the configurations, which all of themselves are formed out of them, is also determinate. Now, however long a time may pass according to the eternal laws governing the combinations of this eternal play of repetition, all configurations which have previously existed on this earth must yet meet, attract, repulse, kiss, and corrupt each other again. 
and continues, Nietzsche calls the idea horrifying and paralyzing, referring to it as a burden of the quote-unquote heaviest weight imaginable. He professes that the wish for the eternal return of all events would mark the ultimate affirmation of life. What if someday or night a demon were to steal after you into your loneliest loneliness and say to you, this life as you now live it and have lived it, you will have to live it once more and innumerable times more. Would you not throw yourself down and gnash your teeth and curse the demon who spoke thus? Or have you once experienced the tremendous moment when you would have answered him, you are a god and never have I heard anything more divine? And that's from The Gay Science. To comprehend eternal recurrence in his thought, and to not merely come to peace with it, but to embrace it, requires amor fati, love of fate. My formula for human greatness is amor fati, that one wants to have nothing different, not forward, not backward, not in all eternity, not merely to bear the necessary, still less conceal it. All idealism is mendaciousness before the necessary, but to love it. They'll jump down a bit. A late 1880s comment by Nietzsche. In an infinite period of time, every possible combination would at some time be attained. Has been cited to argue that Nietzsche dropped his plans to try to scientifically prove the theory because he realized that if he would have to eventually repeat life as it is, his presumption of infinite time means he would also have to repeat life differently, since every configuration of atoms and events will occur. Instead, according to this interpretation of Nietzsche, he continued to propound the doctrine for its psychological and philosophical import, though section 1063 of his posthumous notebooks, The Will to Power, states, the law of conservation of energy demands eternal recurrence. And I forgot where I read it, but while researching this, I thought I also read that uh, someone had posited that Nietzsche may have been employing the idea of eternal return as a kind of useful or noble fiction. Um, and, and so it's kind of hard to tell if he literally believed in the concept or not, or maybe he kind of uh, wavered back and forth on it. I guess at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Uh, the takeaway as the electric owl and was it Gerardo Barrera? Is that how he pronounced that first name, Gerardo? Is it an H sound? I don't know. I apologize. Good sir, if I'm butchering your name. But as they pointed out, I think the important takeaway is it is meant as a what if question to help you examine your own life and try to reach a point where you embrace the path you're on and live life in a way that you'd want to repeat it again and again. You know, perhaps not burdened by regrets and second thoughts and all that type of thing. And, and in that sense, I do think it's a very psychologically powerful tool or idea and I know it's certainly not where I am. I am the neurotic type who thinks a lot about what if I had done things differently? What if I could go backwards uh, 10 or 20 years and, you know, start over at some pivotal point and um, avoid all the pitfalls and mistakes I've made in the past or whatever? Anyone else ever fantasize about starting school all over again if you could go back in time and have your mind as it is now with all your experience and knowledge and 
perhaps even wisdom uh, inside the body of your younger self, how you could probably basically have the world in the palm of your hand, you know, instead of goofing off or feeling sorry for yourself, really buckling down, realizing that school is only a short period of your life, you know, relatively speaking. And if you really applied yourself and took it seriously, you could end up getting some big fat degree and making uh, millions or whatever, you know. Um, I've thought about that, you know, if only I could go back in time and take school more seriously, uh, not feel so sorry for myself, not have been such a sensitive kid who kind of took life too seriously, I guess. Well, too seriously in some regards and not seriously enough in others. But then you realize that Wishing for that will just drive you mad because no matter how much you want to, you can't go back in time. All you have is the present and the future, you know, and what you make of those things. I think sometimes, well, speaking for myself, like I'm going to go to a party, I'm going to leave to go to a party in a little bit, and I'm self-aware enough to know that when I get inebriated, when I take things to alter my consciousness or whatever, I'm trying to attain a place where I am truly happy in the present and I'm not being over analytical or self-conscious and I'm not regretting the past, etc. I'm trying to attain a point where I truly feel alive in the here and now and am enjoying life. And uh, maybe that's kind of the point um, Nietzsche's making in a way that you should strive to reach a point where you fully embrace life, you know, and don't wallow in regret. And I was going to do some news stories too, but like I said, I have to leave for a party in about uh, uh, less than a half an hour. Uh, but I wanted to make sure I got an episode out for you guys this week before um, Sunday came around. So, all right. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. You know the drill. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. If you want to help the show monetarily, you can go to patreon.com slash Doubt and support the show for as little as 99 cents a month. Uh, all right, brothers and sisters, until next time.